Above you, pacing on the walkway between the rowers, is that damned, sunglasses-wearing elf, swinging a smoking brazier that fills the confined dark space with a dizzying fog. That, combined with his droning chant, drives all your thoughts away. When he gets above your place in the gang, he stops and draws back his thin lips into an oily sneer, revealing yellow teeth that have been chiseled into triangular points. Seething hatred bubbles up in you, not exactly at him, but from a cold spark of rage deep in your soul of a commitment unfulfilled. You have business in the north. You have to get out of this place. You have to find... The crack from the elf's whip brings you back to consciousness. You sit up in bed and find yourself back aboard the elusive. And the bunk next to you, her bunk, is Reed. You call her Captain Tristan on deck, but here, in the dark hours between watches, when it's just the two of you in her cabin, it almost feels... nice. So, you're sitting there, breathing kind of heavily waking up from a horrible dream and she sleeps quietly next to you. It's night outside. Uh, it's, it's starting to get a little bright outside. It's still mm. fairly dark. Maybe maybe 15 minutes from actual dawn. Mm. I'm going to I'm gonna get out of bed and, and just quietly try not to wake her as I, I get up mm-hmm. and get dressed. Okay. Um, I want to get out before the crew uh, starts to stir. Probably for the best. Um, once I'm dressed, I'll uh, I'll sneak out the front. All right. Look both ways before I, I make sure the coast is clear. Yeah. You you sneak past the uh, the the sleeping cabin boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of skirt your way around a couple of other crewmen who are just sleeping in you know uh, in hammocks strung mm-hmm. up in the hallway, and you find yourself out on deck. In front of you, you can see the uh, the deck watch, um, morning watch, who are uh, you know getting pretty tired. They've been up all night and it's getting close to dawn. So the bell's going to ring fairly soon. Mm-hmm. The uh, man, a uh, manning the deck, a guy named Crink turns around and nods to you and goes uh, and says, Bosun. Mm. What's going on, Crink? Well, strange. Uh, Chavaro up there in the nest, he, he says he sees something crazy. I don't, I don't really believe him, but what do you mean, crazy? What's you he saying? To, he says there's a cloud chasing us. <laughs> there's a, a cloud chasing us. That's that's what he, you go you go Did, talk to him. Chavaro, coming up. Uh, ahead, looks at you and gives a quick wave before going back to look. All right, now start climbing up there. Right. So you climb the uh, forty feet or so up above the deck. Uh, it's swaying up here, but it's actually kind of relaxing for you. You're away from everyone else. This is probably the most quiet place on the entire ship, even though it moves so much. Chavaro gives you a nod and then points just astern and just off uh, the starboard side. And, right. and, he, and, he, go, and he goes, uh, over, right over there, Bosun, about th- three points off, this, off the starboard side. Mm-hmm. Can you see that, that, that cloud over there? I, I, I swear to Ashuna, that thing has been chasing us for, for all night. All night? All night. Well, maybe we got a storm coming in on us. Has it been getting closer, farther? It's been getting closer. And that's one, that, which is strange to you because mm-hmm. a memory kind of pops back into your brain when he mentions that. 
occasionally, not very often, but occasionally, when the Navy was on interdiction services, they would hide within a fog bank and just tail a ship before the sun came out hmm. to sneak up on it in the night. How far away is that cloud right now? Uh, it's maybe three miles behind you. Uh, and it's got the wind. Uh, I think, what is our, what is our uh, uh, weapon situation on board this ship? You have uh, four ballistas uh-huh. in the uh, bow and the stern. Okay. You have multiple uh, archers, and that's pretty much it. You have a couple of, you have a druid who can help out. You have a couple of spellcasters, but really you're looking at a range of maybe 300 feet on the outside. All right, I'm going to see how many sheets we got up right now. Um, you got about half the sheets up. All right. Because, uh, you know, it's middle of the night, and you don't want, and there are, there are occasionally reefs in this part of the ocean, atolls that appear out of nowhere. All right. So right now you're on a course of Port 170. Bow. You're going 10 degrees mm-hmm. east of south. Okay, 10 degrees east of south. You're now swinging out around the Middle Sister, which is a peninsula uh, off the Idan Empire. And you're swinging around the Middle Sister to go into mm-hmm. a, 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 a bay over there to deliver your cargo from New Calendar. All right. All right, I'm thinking about bringing us in wide just a, just a little bit, just to take us maybe... Uh Maybe another degree east to south, mm-hmm. just to uh, see if this thing does any moving. Okay. Elvesman, just bring us uh, east to south about one more degree. You, you hear a yes, bosun. Okay, I'm going to keep an eye on that. See and if it starts the ship moving. just lists ever so slightly to mm-hmm. the side, and you can feel your heading change, but you're in the middle of the nowhere ocean. Right. There's almost nothing to, to guide you. And then the cloud, instead of going... Instead of going straight, uh-huh. doesn't even turn toward you. Instead, they turn a bit further ahead of you. Uh-huh. Um, from the deck, the bell starts calling, mm-hmm. and the change of watch rings. And Captain Tristan walks out onto the, onto the deck. She's still belting her cutlass around her waist, and she uh, stares up at you in the nest and goes, "What do you see, Bosun?" I think we got company. I point out towards the cloud. She climbs up on onto the, uh, the pilot pilot uh, pilot deck to the, and she looks back. And she looks up at you, and she pulls out, like, a very expensive spyglass mm-hmm. and looks through it, and she shout, starts just shouting orders. So mm-hmm. Extra, like, a crew member who are just woken up, and the ones that are still on watch to start climbing up rigging and mm-hmm. and uh, and start throwing down more and more and more sail. All right. And while you're up there, uh, she's, like, you know, calls right. you down. I'm going to head on down. You keep an eye on that. You shout if you uh, start seeing anything poking through that fog. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, so you so you climb down and 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 you end up next to Captain Tristan, and she goes, "Boson, report." I think we got something coming at us through that fog. You've seen this before. Using fog bank to hide their movements, and it looks like that fog is on an intercept course. It's probably about two hours away. It's it's uh-huh. definitely gaining on you. They can definitely. Right. You know that a uh, a Don galleon. Can uh, throw up a lot more sail than mm-hmm. you can. They have a lot more canvas they can put out. It's gonna it's gonna close on us uh, a lot faster than we can get away from it. I think we need to check charts, see if there's some kind of inlet we could uh, get ourselves to as quickly as possible. She she nods and then she just starts shouting orders, mm-hmm. and the deck becomes a flurry of activity. Um, sails are being thrown, ropes are being tied, bales of arrows are gonna be are being brought up, along with barrels of water. The ballistas are freshly oiled and they're fitted with new uh, bolts. Um, all this is happening in a matter of minutes, and this deck is now completely just 
full of activity, getting getting ready for a fight. Mm. The sand is thrown everywhere, right. and and then she's climbing up and just staring back at it. And at that moment, the fog cloud around the ship dissipates, and you can definitely see the red sails of the Adam Navy. Well, it's coming at you at full speed. All right, Captain. What's your order? There's nothing around here. You know that, Bozeman. <sighs> no, gonna... damn it. Can we take them? Oh, hell no. That thing's going to tear us apart in a matter of seconds. I think our best bet is going to be to turn as hard as we can, give it, the re- give it our rear, and just get the hell out of here. Agreed. All right. Wait. What are they doing? And when you're looking back... You can see that suddenly they drop about half their sail, the ship behind you. They drop about half their sail, and the ship comes to this careening heave and starts heaving to almost going, almost going sideways. Right. And suddenly the cheers start, the, the crowd, the, the, the crew starts cheering about this because, hey, uh, I guess they're scared? Suddenly, the crew is quickly silenced. When the lookout in the crow's nest starts shouting, Squall! Squall! Dead ahead! Dead ahead! And suddenly everyone turns around, and the ship was taking up so much attention, no one noticed that there is literally a wall of water. And at that moment, a crackling bolt of lightning explodes in the crow's nest, and Shavaro gets flung out into the ocean. (sighs) Pull down the sheets! We're going into a storm! Secure the mast! Men start climbing up into men and women start climbing up into into the rigging. Some of them uh, fall down because you can see that the uh, the spars and the mast are now glowing this purplish blue color as it's just crackling with all this electricity. And Captain Tristan goes, "Belay that order! Get out of there!" And she turns she turns to you. She goes, "There's nothing we can do." Well, then we need to pull down these sheets so we don't get ripped apart. Uh, axe crew. Cut him down. Bosun, take an axe crew. Cut down everything. All right. So you go around. I'm cutting down. I'm, I'm yeah. just I'm slicing it rigging. So like, um, like, you, you, you. And these, everyone grabs the axes they put aside. Secure them below right. deck. Get the sheets below deck. And they're just cutting everything they can. The rudder turned all the way right. to the side. And she's trying to heave to to get <sighs> in front of this thing. This is a goddamn ship killer. And then what happens next comes in a series of flashes. Mr. Patch, the first mate, is impaled through the eye by an exploding chunk of spar when another stroke of lightning hits it. The waves closing over you, with your foot caught in some rigging before the ship lists the other way and you're dragged back to the surface. (coughs) Creaking and groaning of the deck and the keel flexing as the elusive was tossed between waves the size of mountains. You and three other sailors taking an axe to the foremast, which has snapped and was threatening to break the back of the ship. The captain lashed to the helm, keeping the rudder pointed in the right direction, barking out orders over the screaming wind. Lightning tearing a hole in the deck. The ship's boy snapping his neck when a gust of wind threw him from the forecastle into the into the capstan. For the Arts. next hours, minutes, who knows how long, you repair what you can of the elusive and cut off the pieces threatening to take her to the bottom. This goes on for who knows how long, and so you're so tired that not even the stinging salt spray can keep you moving. You awake in your hammock. Dim light streams in through the porthole above your berth. The slaves next to you snore or pretend to snore. Just outside the hold that houses all the slaves, you can hear the sharp-toothed elf practicing his dark arts on another poor soul on the ship. You can hear him chanting in the distance, 
and pleading from that other man, a man whose name you've never cared to really ask for because no one has lasted as long as you. Eventually, the man's cries die down, and that elf, that damned elf with the with always wearing sunglasses no matter where he is, with those damn shark teeth of his, walks out, cleaning his hands with a red-stained rag, and walks over to the side of the hold and puts his arms on the wooden bars and looks in there and goes, I think it is your turn now, my friend. Please, this way. All right, my turn then. Stand up. Mm-hmm. Where are we off to? You know the way. Come with come with me, please. Please do not dilly-dally. I will follow him. So uh, you're led um, into a small, what would have been probably like the first mate's quarters, but this has been turned into his own private floating laboratory. And he points to the chair that you always sit in. And he sits down in a, in a stool off to the side. And he opens up his book and starts writing things down. You've tried attacking him in the past, and he kind of expects you to do it occasionally, but mm-hmm. you've never really managed to do much. Well, with just your bare hands and bad breath. I'm just going to look around the room and, uh, as habit, just kind of like memorize where things are and, and look for things that might, if I ever yeah. get the chance to slice his throat, might be around. There's normal stuff around. There's there's books, lots of books with mm-hmm. inscribed in languages that you've never even seen before. There's a crystal ball on the table that he um, that that he's going to make you touch in the very near future. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the incense burner, that brazier, which hap- which isn't on right now. It's not sending out that sophorific um, haze that it does. But most importantly, though, on the table on his desk is a small silver ceremonial dagger. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't appear to be paying attention at the moment. Right. Does he... uh, He didn't strap me to the chair, did he? No, this is... You've you've done this so many times that he doesn't even care. He doesn't have to. What's he doing right now? Just reading reading his book and then uh, writing some stuff down into into a journal. Hey, hey, boss. You think uh, before we get started I could get something to drink? Some water. He turns to glance at you and, and nods over at a uh, small like bucket with a ladle. Thank you. In it. Thank you. I'm gonna walk over that. Mm-hmm. Is there is the the knife between me and the? Where's the the geography of the the knife and the uh, the ladle? It's close that enough that it that you don't have to reach very far to grab okay. it. Okay. I take a drink of water, mm-hmm. and as I try to put the ladle down. I'm going to clang it against the side. Mm-hmm. Just look back and see if he looks at me. He doesn't even glance up. Yeah, and I'm just going to try to pat, pocket the knife. Okay. I so think he expected of, me to. Like you kind of you slide it up your sleeve or yeah. into a pocket or something like that? No, no, no. I'm going to... Um, how long is this knife? How big is this knife? It's ceremonial. ceremonial. It's maybe, the blade is maybe four or five inches long. Not very mm-hmm. long at all. I'm going to put it up my sleeve. Roll a, a sleight of hand. Okay, that turned out to be a... Uh, okay, change levels. Um, <laughs> 21. <laughs> okay, so that barely worked. Uh, uh, 
it is now up your raggedy sleeve. You are mm-hmm. somehow like with a combination of sleeve and uh, mm-hmm. arm fur. You're uh, keeping it mostly hidden. I'm going to take another drink. Okay. And then I'm this time going to place the ladle down where the knife used to be. Um, so and then head back to the chair. So once you once he hears you sit down in the chair, he closes a book and he puts his hands on his lap and he smiles that smiles that shark tooth sneer at you again and goes, "Good. Now then, you know how this works. Place your hand on the sphere. We only have to do this a few more times, and then you'll be ready." And then he uh, says a little spell, and a little spark of fire appears in his hand. And he, uh, like, tosses it into the brazier, and that purplish-greenish smoke starts coming out of it, filling the room, starting to drive your um, consciousness away. Okay. Do I I have placed my hand on Mm -hmm. the the ball, the crystal ball? The moment your hand touches the ball, it starts to glow. Please roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh, natural 20. Okay. So as your as your hands on the ball, he stands up and he uh, stands over you, um, and he goes, "You will only obey the spiders. The sea spiders are your only friends. You are our weapon. You will do as we ask. Repeat. The spiders are my friends." <laughs> do that one more time. We'll do an edit here. Spiders are no, 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 no. Roll, roll an intelligence. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I see what you're doing there. Edit point. The spiders are my friends. I, I will do what they want. The sea spiders are my friends. I, I will do their bidding. Very good. Good, Cecil. Very, very good. Now then, when you saw the knife on the desk, what were your first thoughts? To slice your throat open, and then slice your belly open, and pull your intestines out of the opening in your belly, and shove them through the opening in your throat. Very poetic. Now then, now that you have that knife upon your person, why have you not attempted it such? I, I start wanting to reach for it, but I, I, I don't want to tell him I'm afraid. But my hands are shaking, so it's, it's probably not... He probably can tell that mm. I'm, I'm too afraid to reach for it. I... I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I it's don't okay. Know. It's okay, Cecil. I don't know. You don't have to fight us anymore. You may place the knife back on the table and please take a seat. I, I stand up and I... I place the knife back on the table. And I want to take the ladle, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take a seat. Very good, little time. Now then, just three more days of this, and everything's going to be okay. 
And then he puts his hand on your head. And he casts another spell on you. He casts this thing on you uh, 27 times already. Mm-hmm. This will be the, uh, the 27th time. And then once it's all done, he's like, good. Now we'll return to your quarters. I mean, the slave hold. And you can go back and have a little cat nap. How does that sound? It's fine. Thank you. Hey, we might even feed you today. Won't that be fun? Thank you. Very good. Come with me. And as he leads you um, out of the room, that shark-toothed elf sneers at you again as he leads you out of the hold. And when he opens the door, bright, hot, hot sun starts beating down on your face. And then the stinging slap from Reed brings you out of brings you up to oh. consciousness. And she glares at you with one good eye and stands up. Jesus. Good. The not hell? dead. No. Maybe. The hell are we? Stand up and look. Stand up. Are we out of it? The elusive has crashed on a stretch of sand and rock in the middle of the ocean. A large, hopefully dormant volcano dominates the middle of the island that you're on. But there's no plants and no animals that you can see. This place is literally just rock surrounded mm-hmm. by undrinkable water. No no green at all. No green at all. Uh, well, on the plus side, we avoided that Navy ship. Yeah, <sighs> I suppose so. How many we have? How many make it? With you and me, 29. We lost fourteen. All right. Did we get any of this? Do we get any of this, at least get some of the supplies off the ship? Anything? We already have a crew, uh, a gang doing that right now. I want you to see to setting up a uh, uh, a camp out there. Uh, and she points at the at the ship, and you can see just gaping holes in the mm-hmm. deck, and that there's still there's water rushing in from the side. This mm-hmm. place is unlivable. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't even set up a camp on this on this right. crew. I'm gonna organize supplies and figure out what we have. All right, Crank, you still alive? You hear a voice like, "Yeah, barely." All right, grab uh, grab so about four or five of the closest men you can find, and let's get down to that beach. Yeah, Crank stands up and he goes, and he and he says, uh, uh, "Old old Mark Garrido, Ferrant, get over here!" And a bunch of people just run out. And they start uh, grabbing their ear field supplies, uh, extra canvas from mm-hmm. sails and rigging and stuff. Like you, you thankfully have a lot of that right. lying around. See if you can't uh, find a couple swords and uh, maybe some bows if we still got some of that laying around before we head down there. Yes, Boson. Let's uh, somebody throw down a ladder. Let's get the hell off this thing. The ladder gets thrown and you mm-hmm. climb down onto this beach. It's it's a black sand beach, surrounded by blue blue water, murky, which is interesting because at this latitude it usually tends to be a bit clearer. All right, so we're surrounded by murky ocean, no drinking water. Well, things can only get better from here, right? If you say so, Bosun. Uh, Come on, is, let's stay is, positive. This is um, uh, Helisende. She has uh, walked up to. You. And she goes, what do you, what do you think, Boats? What, what, what are we doing here? I think, uh, well, we're shipwreck is what we're doing here. And I think what we need to do is uh, secure up some supplies, get the boat as fixed up as we can. And if we can repurpose some of the rafts, get the hell out of here. In the meantime, we are going to set up some camp, 
God damn, there ain't a single tree up here, is there? Captain's saying that all the carpenters are dead. We're missing. All right, let's start uh, securing up some of this uh, debris here, some of this wood around here. Start bringing it in mm. uh, inland as we can get. Not a freaking tree line. I can't figure out which one. How far in we need to go, but let's get start dragging all the wood up we can and uh, see what we can piece together with the sheets, the wood, mm. something. So, yeah, so the crew starts stepping to eventually a, a tall, skinny man uh, named Blaze Sidney. He's the first mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, climbs down off the ship. He has a bandage wrapped around his head um, and a fairly horrible gash going down the side of his face from this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes, I just, the captain just woke me up. Uh, bosun, uh, what's, what's going on here? We're shipwrecked and we need to set up some camp, but I gotta say, I've never seen an island like this before. Mm. I mean, at least some life somewhere. I think maybe the druids <sighs> never got here yet. Yeah. Well, hopefully that volcano is not going to do us any trouble while we're here. I think our best bet is we just start setting up some camp with some of this wood and the sheets, rope best we can piece together what supplies we have and uh, maybe send a crew up the that as far up we can get on that mountaintide and try to see where we are. Hey, <sighs> you were in the Navy? Mm, not uh, technically, how I did, guess. Uh, how'd they sneak up on us like that? Hide in a fog bank, pursue at night when no one's expecting it, and then try to get as close as possible. And you didn't think to tell anybody else on this crew about that trick? What the hell are you insinuating? Well, after that whole do of affair, I feel like maybe you're not pulling your weight anymore. I mean, you got something to say. About eight more guys have, uh, have uh, you know, uh, walked up behind Blaze, and each one of them are nonchalantly brandishing belaying pins and mm. other things like that. No one is walking up on your side. And uh, Blaze goes, he just shakes his head and goes, Bosun, take three people. Go to the top of the volcano, see what you can see, and report back before noon. Dismissed. Aye, aye. And then he turns around and goes, The rest of you, get to work. That's exactly what we were doing before you showed up, son of a bitch. All right. I'm going to grab, uh... Hey, listen, Day. Why don't you head up there with me? Uh, sure, bosun. And she go, and then she, uh... She grabs uh, like some rope for herself mm-hmm. and a canteen, and then she uh, hands you a, a small package of uh, of uh, rations. And we're gonna start making that climb. So climbing up the mountain, it makes what you've seen from the beach that much more inhospitable and mm-hmm. depressing. There is literally nothing alive in this place. Nothing except for the crew uh, standing on on the on the beach. And about halfway up the mountain, it's probably 10 in the morning. Uh, it's fairly, it's been pretty hot. It's in high summer, so the sun's up for quite a while, even at this latitude. Halfway up the mountain, you can see that a, a small tent city is already building up around the ship. Mm-hmm. And you can see Captain Tristan uh, giving you know orders and getting things in the, in the ship shape. By the time you get to the top of the mountain, you see that it isn't a volcano. It's literally a mountain that had its top almost sheared off. So it's almost perfectly flat up here. There's no there's no cup on it at all. There's no dipping inside. It's just a flat mountain. I guess we're not dealing with a volcano here. What what could have done this, Bosun? 
I've never seen anything like this before. At the top of the mountain, I assume you're just going to look around. Yeah, I'm just looking at the the scene if there's what material it's made out of. A basalt. Mm -hmm. So how how long do you think before uh, Blaze and his friends actually get a knife in my back? I honestly lost that pool already. I had you down for three weeks ago. Really? I had myself down for two. I yeah, thought when I guess we're in, both out. When we, when we left Sindrata that they would have taken you out then, but yeah, I lost gold on that. Yeah. Now I have you on surviving till we get home. So looking at the top of the mountain, just giving a 360-degree view, this place is kind of a crescent moon-shaped. Mm-hmm. Um, the mountain is, is where the ship crash-landed is on the uh, convex side, mm-hmm. and on the concave side is a, is a small uh, shoal. Uh, but it's just as and you can see a, a ship-killing reef all through the uh, concave side of the, of the island. Okay. But you do see on the northernmost tip that there is, um, I'm sorry, on the southernmost tip, you can see a square structure. Man-made, old. What's it made out of? From this far away, you can't really tell, but if, if everything else has been kind of washed away through time, it's mm-hmm. probably stone. Um, definitely not going to be wood or anything like that. Right. Anything passed out the horizon? No, uh, even at this height, you can probably see about uh, 20 miles from here, and mm-hmm. there's just nothing. No storm that we just went through? Do no. I see that? Not going to find anything we need up here. You uh, you in the mood to go explore a abandoned cabin in the woods? Mr. Sidney told us to to be back by noon. I I, I heard that. Hey. Bosun. Well, I'm already dead, aren't I? She does start giggling. Hal, why don't you uh, head on back? I kind of want to satisfy my curiosity here, seeing as how there's not much else on this island. Are you sure, Bosun? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Head on, head on down there. She takes off her canteen and hands it to you. You're probably going to need this more than I am. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Trying to uh, protect your bed again. I wasn't that. Uh, yeah, that's totally what that was. Yeah, yeah. Tell Blaze that I just went to check something out, and maybe if you feel like it, tell him to go fuck himself while he's at it. How about just the first thing? Yeah, that's probably best. All right, good luck, Bosun. Thanks. You and too. Then she starts climbing back down the, the path he came. Uh, from up here, it's, it's a fairly wide mountain, mm-hmm. um, so it's not it's not a very dangerous climb. It's it's so undangerous that you don't even have to roll anything to do okay. it. It's just. Uh, it's a it's a walk because of uh, it's it's much wider than it is. Uh, you came up the narrow side, so the, the steep side. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna head towards it and uh, keeping my eye on it just to, as it gets closer. Um, so walking down the mountain again, it's 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 a moonscape up here. There's nothing. Walking down the mountain is like being in a moonscape. It's just rock everywhere. And from this height, the ocean doesn't really move that much either. It's just this flat plain of, of grayish-green water around you. It churns up the black sand of the beach, creating this, uh, like, a, a murky halo around this place. And making your way down this mountain takes you maybe another hour. And when you're pretty, when the sun is finally up at its zenith around noon or so, mm-hmm. you arrive in front of what appears to be the entrance to a dwarven mansion. So it's maybe it's, it's one story. It's almost, it's big enough literally just to have a door and a small room and a set of stairs. 
you've seen these things before mm -hmm. in all over the world, every place you've been. This is a lot of the times where the uh, subterranean dwellers tend to live. Um, this entrance, though, the entrance to a mansion that you see in front of you is made out of a pinkish granite. Definitely not from this specific area. Okay. And as you look at it, you can see that there are uh, glyphs in the, in the door, but not dwarvish. They're, they're ancient common, mm. which I'm not sure your character actually understands. Common is all I have for a language. Yeah, so this would be the precursor language that yeah. hasn't been spoken or, or written in uh, almost uh, 7,000 years. Okay. Uh, but I do recognize it as a language. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like the, the letters are close to what you're already using. So right. you can pick out a few words here or there. The one thing on there that you do notice is uh, the word Logos is on there, which is the name of the precursor empire before uh, the Starfall event happened. Logos. Yeah, I see an op I see a doorway and, mm -hmm. and openings and all that. Yep. And, um, I want to kind of do a full walk around this thing. Sure. Um, and when I get close to the seaside uh, of it, I want to see if there's something like old ropes that might have been left behind that might have been tied off on anything. Nope. Nothing. This place is is welded directly into the very rock that the island is made of. Yeah. This thing is at least 7,000 years old, probably 8,000 years. So I'm not going to see any signs of like workers that like left shit behind. Now that you can, see, you can see that the edges of it are just starting to wear away. Mm -hmm. Like when, when they built these things, unless it was actually hit by the fallen star, it is still around. All right. I'll put my hand on it. I, I, I got to see if that's really there. Yeah, it's there. It feels warm, but not like uh, uh. radiating heat warm, more of just it's been in the sun all day. Okay. I'm going to draw my remember what my character has now. I'm gonna draw my rapier. Okay. And I'm gonna go to the the, the port the the opening mm -hmm. and uh just peek in there a little bit. Right. Um you I guess push the door. Yeah, I'm pushing the door and I've got uh, there's no there's no latch or anything like that. Just right. there's just just a square a square uh piece of rock there where you where you know the door is and uh -huh. and when you put your hand on it just you hear a gentle click and then the piece of rock just moves inward ever so slightly. Hmm. And you know, if you had just a little bit more pressure, it would just swing all the way open. I'm going to give it a little bit more pressure. Okay. You push on it and stale, rancid air falls hmm. out of this thing. Oh, the ground is perfectly clean and pristine as if no one has been in this place for, again, thousands of years. You can see that there's a, a, divan, a divan off to one side and a couple mm -hmm. of chairs on the other side. And there is a set of stairs, wide stairs, behind a, a set of double doors mm -hmm. uh, that are open, leading down into the earth. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing all this with my, my dark vision. Mm -hmm. And there's no other light yep. source coming through here. Devon off to the side? Yeah. Fabric? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. So whatever was in here is pretty preserved and sealed yeah this 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 place has not had anybody you if you would guess it's been thousands of years since anyone stepped mm -hmm. foot in this place no moisture on the floor or anything no, no, no. like that perfectly sealed wow i'm gonna slowly start quietly walking my way down the stairs why don't you roll with stealth uh 19 okay you 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 can't even hear your feet 
coming down on on the mm. uh, on the stone of this place like the outside this place is carved out of what appears to be a, a monolithic slab of pink uh, granite and as you head deeper down into this place you can see that the walls are impressively carved with friezes depicting uh, events that happened long before the world that you're in existed mm-hmm. um, showing strange machines with chariots that are flying through the air uh, ships without any sails it's all strange and uh, and, elu- and magical in a way that magic isn't magical in this mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. um and, and and as you get further down into the earth, you see that uh, you, you get a thought that if you were actually to have a light on in down here, that you'd think you'd probably see some color in this stuff. Like you can just barely get the feeling that there's more there than what you're seeing. Eventually, you get down to a to a uh, another room on the ground floor. There's a, a couple of chairs and a couple of desks, and there's two doors on either side. One door is uh, large and made of iron, and the other door is is made of uh, wood, of uh, mahogany. All perfectly preserved, too. All perfectly God. preserved. Both and those... of them are open ever so slightly. Okay, and I've never seen those pictures before on the wall. Never, ever. Okay. Are there more pictures down here? Oh, yes. Everything is just carved. There, um, some of them are just people eating. Some of them are landscapes of places that don't exist. It's all really kind of weird. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a tinder stick because uh-huh. I'm only seeing kind of like a grayish yeah. tone to him. I'm gonna pull a tinder stick and light that and just get a better view. So it hurts your eyes for a moment when, mm-hmm. when you light it up, but after a couple of seconds when they adjust, the walls are made of this vibrantly iridescent kind of coral color, and the friezes themselves uh, not only have color on them but it's it's such an amazing hue of color that you're not sure that a painter could do that to uh to plaster like this is a fresco that is beyond even the greatest masters today could do it doesn't it looks a hundred percent lifelike like somebody uh, managed to actually capture the light of that image uh-huh. and and carve it into the living stone of this wall uh, I'm gonna touch it. Walk around. You can, everything looks like that. Uh, I'm gonna touch one of them just to see what it just to, to feel what it when, feels like. When your hand touches it, the paint that's on just instantly flakes off and falls to the ground. Not all of it, just like a like a couple a couple inches around where your fingers touched, just flakes off and falls. And some of the some of the stone itself also smooths out a little bit. Nothing's touched this thing in so long that it's even after thousands of years, it's starting to fall apart. I'm look at my hand, see if any of it's still on my hand. Yeah, a little bit. Like your hands yeah. like this is, is like a, a bright red color with a couple of other things that's mm-hmm. what the color you were touching at the time. I'm going to go over to the desk. Okay. Is there anything on top of the desk? No. Okay. Um, there are drawers to the desk? Mm-hmm. Okay. Desk is weird. It's made out of metal. Huh. Like it's a metal desk made out of sheets of metal. A- Tap on it with my rapier just to hear it. It sounds like tin, maybe uh-huh. steel. Are the drawers metal too? Mm-hmm. Everything. The top oh has uh, 
once you can see with with your tinder stick which is slowly burning down uh -huh. the top is covered in like a wood veneer but it's also metal it's like somebody just painted wood on top of it i i touch a little of the tinder stick to the wood i want to see what it does it's not wood it's some sort of uh just again just like some sort of weird uh not quite glass not quite paint it's something in between what the hell and and when it touches it, it leaves off this horrible smell something you never smelled before yeah. uh kind of heady and, and definitely does not feel good all right i'm gonna open a drawer just nothing empty mm, all of them are all of them there's no chair here nope i just for the hell of it i'm gonna look down under it like see mm -hmm. the other side of this wood yeah to see what it looks like it's metal it's still metal mm -hmm. jesus I want to look over at one of the doors that's open. There's the, you said so there's two doors on either side of the room. Uh -huh. One is an iron door, uh -huh. uh, and the other one is mahogany. I tap that one just to see if it is really mahogany. It's mahogany. All right. It's really good mahogany. It's it's smooth and smooth to the touch. Huh. So I, I'm going to gently just push that one open and peer inside. Um, you see a hallway that ends maybe 10 feet beyond with a cave-in. Huh. No other ways around there. That just ends right there. Nope, you see. And cave is actually the wrong term. You can mm -hmm. see some more of that black basalt appears to have just, like, thrust up into it. Can I tell by looking at it, it looks like it came up from the bottom? Yeah. Because it's at an angle, and it uh, would yeah. have fallen that way. What's the floor in there look like? It's pink marble. Pink marble? It's like coral pink marble. Uh-huh. Or uh, granite, sorry. It's just solid one piece. Mm -hmm. And it just ripped right through that. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to go to the other door. Okay. You pull the door open. Mm -hmm. Inside is stacks upon stacks of coins. Thousands, <sighs> millions possibly of them. Along another wall, you see uh, just uh, baskets and display cases full of jewels of diamonds and rubies and apples. Uh, there is literally the wealth of an entire nation inside this one small vault on this island. Oh, uh, looks like Hal's going to win her bet. <laughs> it is the find of the century. You see art stacked up against another wall. You see uh, some swords. Uh, in there as well. Uh, you see some other random weaponry, tapestries, yeah. uh, vases, and other, you know, it's just, it's literally everything. So I am going to go to some jewelry, and I'm going to put a necklace around my neck, okay. if I can find one. Oh, yeah, either, I'm whatever you want. Kind of outfitting myself with okay. some gems to show to well, them. It's, it's difficult to walk now because yeah. of how, how much uh, stuff you're carrying. There's said weapons, too. Oh, yeah. Anything nice that catches my eye? Like There is a very nice uh, jewel-encrusted uh, basket-swept hilt uh, rapier. I think you, my friend, need to meet the rest of the crew. So you, you put the rapier down, and it swings so nicely, so easily. It, almost no resistance at all. It's 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 almost as if it's a it's a plus three rapier. Man, if only there was a boat down here. There is no boat. I mean, there's a little boat made out of, uh, carved out of a large... Um, uh, periodo, but the room end because I'm looking around now. Yeah, for it. this room is maybe like a hundred feet long uh -huh. and fifty feet wide, and it is except for 
uh, a couple of paths through it. It is just wall-to-wall treasure. Oh, and there's no other doors, just the one I came in on? Just the one you came in on. I'm going to start heading back and maybe a little skip in my step as okay. I start heading back towards the uh, the rest of the crew. It's like two or three in the afternoon when you get mm-hmm. back. There's a tent city that's now fully set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see the captain. She's off to the edge, thankfully, on your side of the island. Mm-hmm. So as you walk towards there, she's All the right. first one you come up. Smarten up a little bit, and I take the necklace off my neck, mm-hmm. and I pocket it, and I, you know, cover up the sword a little bit. Sure. Hey, Captain. Captain. She turns around, and she has, like, a snarl on her face, and she's about to yell at you, and then she takes a breath, and she goes, What is it now, Vincent? May I, uh, may I have a word with you in private? She looks around and gestures. All right. I think, uh, I think I, I found something very, very interesting. Is it a way off the island? It's incentive to get the hell off the island. I would like to, if I could, take you to see it and you maybe, you know, figure out what might be the best way to handle mm. this. And I reveal a necklace to her. She, like, snatches it out of your hand. She's like, where'd you get this? That's what I need to show you, because that is piddly shit compared to the rest of the stuff I just found on the other side of this island. So I think what we need to do is figure out how we're going to get that boat together and then figure out the best way to break to the crew that once we're off the island, we are going to be the richest sons of bitches in this whole goddamn empire. There's more of this? No, there's a lot more of this. We're going to need a lot more boats to come get this all. I'm just going to take a little DM's preference here. Uh-huh. And we're just going to do a time jump to like right. an hour later. Okay. And you're just standing in the vault. We're going to need a lot bigger boat. Yeah, a lot of them too. Hell, we're going to be able to buy a whole goddamn navy. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. This, we're... We couldn't fit even even a tenth of this stuff on the loose if it were if she were still sailing. Don't 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 do it now. Don't don't ruin this now. Don't don't ruin it now. No no no. no don't no, ruin okay, it now. Okay, okay. Come on. Storm <sighs> storm storm. I, I need to tell you something. Okay. Our sister ship, the Strident. She is coming. Okay. She is maybe. She's a week behind us. When she sees that we didn't make port, the captain, Captain Tancray, he is going to come looking for us. We need to get off this island. We can't take the elusive. The strident, she is coming. How are we going to do this? I know you're not, you didn't sign on as a carpenter but you're the only one we have left that even knows how to build any of this stuff. Can you, I I don't know, build up a deck on one of the dinghies, extend it, and uh, make it big enough for at least a few of us to get off the island? If we can get to the Strident, we can get help. If you can get me, give me about ten, ten men. You can have everybody. I can piece together something from the dinghy. I might be able to uh, attach a mass of some kind so we don't have to row yeah, for that long. That stuff. But you can probably build something. Right. Make sure you have a, you, uh, because of you can because you can uh, cannibalize the elusive. You have mm-hmm. enough stuff to make a ship. It's now it's just time, 
an effort. And as I'm talking to her about what I need, I'm I'm kind of like putting coins in my pocket until she slaps my hand. Yeah. 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 Nope. Stop that. Sorry. 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 Okay. And then take off all those rings. Because somehow, like, your f- fingers are now, like, stiff. Because uh, you can't even bend them with the number of rings you use. Uh, okay. All right. I lick these. They're mine. And I put them back down. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to head back to the uh, the beach. And um, you know what? And just because I didn't want too many questions being sure. asked, I put the rapier back as well. All right. You pick up your old, I pick uh, up your your old slightly rusty I'm one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I abandoned <laughs> you. You're fine. So... And as you're walking back, she starts filling you in on the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, of the crew, including you and her, 29 of you have survived. Um, she, if everyone's on half rations from this point on, uh, you ha- they have enough food for 20 days. On the bright side, you have enough water for 28 days. All right. Water is going to be the real factor here. 20 days food, 28 days water. Yeah. The, the elusive is, is a loss. Um, the keel is busted in two. The three, all three masts are on the bottom of the sea, but one of the spare masts, it made it through and is in the hull of the ship. Um, so that is the situation that you're at. All right. Uh, do we have, how many dinghies do we have? How many? You find there are, there, there was one that survived intact and another uh-huh. one that you have pieces of. So we're going to go back to the beach and just start inspecting things. Yeah. Your best guess is if you work on this thing um, all day and you get all the people you need and nothing horrible happens, best guess, a little less than two weeks, you can have a ship together that could sail out into the ocean. Let's get let's get a team working on rope mm-hmm. and let's get a team working together on gathering wood and uh, third team's going to be with me. We're going to start piecing this together. How many men can we fit on that uh, one of those dinghies? Um, to just roll out someplace, you can fit twelve, but you're right. not going to want to put twelve on this thing if it's going right. out into the into the ocean. No, we're not. Looking um, at what you, materials you have, you can maybe build a, a boat that could comfortably hold eight. Anything more than that, and the thing will probably capsize. All right. If uh, you hit any kind of weather, I'm going to keep that to myself for now, and we'll worry about who gets to go and who doesn't yeah. later. All right, so let's start putting together what we have. Let's get, uh, let's try to reinforce this thing. Double the hull on it, mm-hmm. and, and raise uh, the deck up. Raise the deck uh, up. Put let's in the higher gunnels, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's put in a. Uh, let's see if we can't get some kind of dry storage area. Just, uh, just something we can keep the the food stuffs uh, yeah. from getting wet on. Uh, and, uh, Captain Tristan's uh, placed two of the sailors on guard around the actual uh, supplies that you mm-hmm. have. We got anybody. Because she kind of already mm-hmm. did the math. Right. Oh, so she's seen what I'm working on. and No, she just knows that uh, the crew's going to get very hungry in a couple of days. Yeah. Especially on half rations. Yep. With no nothing to do. Bad things start happening. Yep. Yep. Uh, especially if I've got her. Yeah. So as you're kind of ordering people around and starting to get things uh, set up, mm-hmm. uh, one of the crew members, a guy named Kelios... Uh, he walks over to you and he goes, Hey, Bosun, do you see this thing over here on the beach? What thing's that? There's an altar. What? Uh, oh, Look, uh, uh, and, and he starts walking away uh, and you see uh, this little uh, basalt altar. It's literally a square piece of basalt 
maybe about two feet up uh, uh, above the sand of the of the water. It is at a place where the high tide means that it will uh, that the top of it will probably be just a couple inches above where where the high tide level is going to be. Kilio, is this is this altar bothering you in some way? It's is it I is it my, upsetting my, my you? My old granddad he he was big he was big into 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 old stuff. Yeah. And so he taught me some of that language and uh, it says offer or be offered. All right. Well, it's just you, funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good joke. I don't really get it because I don't really speak that language, but maybe it's just something lost in translation. Yeah, I, it prob- probably is. I mean, I'd, I'm not even sure that's really what it says. Uh, it's just, folks, well, what's going on here? What's going on I mean, here is I, we're putting I, together I, I, a boat. You need to get it together. We're putting together a way to get off the island. Stop Stop look, worrying about the, all this other crap you find around here. It's There's, just that, and then it comes in closer to you, and he goes, Mr. Sidney has been kind of saying some stuff about you, that that you led the Adan, the Navy, to us, and you're, you're the reason why you're here. I don't oh. I don't think that's true. Come here, come here. I'm telling kill, you. kill you. Come here, come here, come here. Tell him. If he's got a problem with me, he can come to me and tell it to my face. I'm not afraid of him. He, he nods his head and goes, All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, okay but What are you supposed to be doing right now? What What do you need to be doing right now? I'm untangling rigging. Let's do that. Let's get back to doing that. Yeah, yes, boss. Um, I look over as he, I wait for him to walk away and I look over at the altar. Um, how far is that from me? Oh, it's only a couple couple feet from here. Oh, it's right there. Okay. Yeah. Like he led you over to it. Okay, good. Um, I'm waiting for him to walk off, and then yeah. I'm going to kind of look over at it and mm-hmm. inspect it. It's about six feet long or so, maybe, uh, like I said, two feet up. Mm-hmm. Uh, slightly lower than what a table would be. There's a slightly cupped uh, top to it. Uh, ever so light, slightly concave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and except for the deeply carved words on the side, written in an ancient language, which uh, Kelios says means offer or be offered. Um, There's no other markings on it. One thing from, like, Cecil's background yeah. is the, the, the tribe of, of Tabaxi he comes yeah. from. They're pretty old. Yeah. Is there something I would recognize about this design? No, this yeah. is um, this is definitely a heathen mm-hmm. design. Like somebody who were practicing the true faith, like your people did, mm-hmm. would never have built something like this. So okay. it's, it's it's alien to what he would know. Uh, it's not. Uh, you assume these are in every single church you ever run into because you know mm-hmm. all those people are crazy, right? right. Uh, but uh, this is par for the course for him. I shake my head. I'm like, right, you know what? No, just forget it. Forget it. I'm going back to work. Right. And I'm keeping a. Uh, I'm I'm keeping. Although I can't hold my have my rapier uh, on me while I'm doing all this yeah. work, it is not that sure. far from me. And there's always a dagger on me. Yeah, you have a dagger. And yeah, like a, like a short sword. And, and a, a like hammer. Like a machete. <laughs> a nice hammer, hammer nearby yeah. always. Uh, and I'm gonna get back to work. Yeah. Uh, but I'm always looking over my shoulder. Yeah. If there were working 10, 12 days, you'll have yeah. a ship that could uh, you could actually take it out into the ocean. All right. So just as the sun is kissing the western horizon, a deluge of rain falls upon the lonely island. Mm-hmm. Like the squall 
Um, it is torrential and it is terrible. It's so much so that any thought of working in this is dashed. The captain orders all the empty barrels they have on the ship put out to collect as much mm-hmm. of this water as, as they possibly can. And everyone hunkers, and then she gives the order for everyone to hunker down for the night. All right, I take a quick drink by putting my head up to the, just real quick. Yeah. Rinse myself off and then go in. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. <sighs> it feels so much better, especially from the hot, hot day. Yeah. So it's, it's dark, and this water is just falling down constantly. And eventually... The captain pokes her head underneath the, uh, the the tent that you that you're using next to where you're building the little mm-hmm. ship, and she go and she says, uh, "How long? 13, 14 more days." Shit. Yeah. Um, the math doesn't add up here. No, it doesn't. Storm. No. The math doesn't add up. I know it doesn't, but there's not much I can do about it with what I have here. I mean, I have. I sent I sent Mister Sydney down. He knows about the vault. All right. So he's securing right. that right now. Wonderful. Um, I have, uh, I have, uh, Bannock and Titchy. They're both guarding the food right now. There is no way we're going to get all these people off this island. And if we did, we won't have enough food for all. What's How the... many people can fit on this thing? <sighs> Maybe 12. Let's Maybe. say four. We'll tell everyone 12, but the number is going to be four. Right. You, me, and two other people we can trust. I'd don't think the crew's going to go for that. I don't disagree with you. There's no but way But the math go. doesn't add up. With yeah. this many mouths eating, it, we either die here or we die out in the, on the water. Yeah. How, how long is it going to take us to get somewhere civilized? As I told you, the Strident will be looking for us. We can't be that far off of where we were. Yeah. We'll go out there. Send signals up. I have a way of contacting him. Yeah. But we have to be in the deep ocean for it to work. This strident, she is coming. You I, understand? I understand, but. Tancray would not leave me here. I know. I know he wouldn't. But we are going to have a hard time still in this to the crew. Yeah. Okay. I think. Oh, here for the night. All right. All right. Good night. Be quiet. Keep working. Don't tell anybody the truth. Soon they're going to be able to do the math themselves. They need to be ready. All right. Good night. She leaves. I'm going to get a knife in the back of my... Right between the shoulder blades as soon as I'm done that ship anyway. (sighs) All right. I go to sleep for the night. Just as your eyes are closing... A wail rises up from somewhere in this camp. Your eyes blink back open and the sun is again, it's dawn, maybe an hour or so, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a couple minutes after. Um, you jump out of your tent and you can see there uh, in the distance uh, Vajay's Railvash, a, a young elf woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's sitting next to a shredded tent, wailing and holding a forearm and, forearm and hand of an elf. When you get closer, you can see that it has a serpent tattoo wrapped around the wrist and the forearm. That belonged to her brother, Graeme. What the hell happened? I don't... I don't know. I woke up and this is all those... <laughs> Did you see what took him? Did you see what took him and which no, way it I went? I didn't see what took him. And then, and then, then you hear some other, other voices. Um, 
uh, the other people are. Somebody goes, "Old Mark's missing too." Another <sighs> woman, and then another person yells, "Can't find Sophia anywhere." Did anybody see what took him and which way it went? And everyone's just shouting Jesus and Christ. searching, and then right. the Captain Tristan walks out. She starts giving orders to you know everyone, uh, arm yourselves, search the camp. All right, torches. Well, it's morning. It's oh, it's morning. morning. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like forget it's, the torches. We're fine. <laughs> like the sun's sun's right. rising. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna start searching around. Um, I'm. You know what? I want to look at that arm real quick. Mm. Does it? It was it ripped. It was cut, sliced, ripped. It's kind of hard to explain exactly from uh-huh. the from the uh, elbow up. It appears like it was maybe dissolved. You didn't see anything. No, I didn't see anything. All right, grab a sword. I'd be here crying. If grab, I saw grab a goddamn sword and start looking. Let's just search for look for blood trails. They people are searching, but they don't see anything anywhere. Does they anybody search. see any blood? They find another tent that's been strutted, and that was the one that uh, old Mark and uh, Sophia were uh, bedded down in. Uh, I'm going to run to the beach. and The I'm thing gonna... is, b- both those tents, though, uh-huh. are the, they're the two closest to the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm running down to the beach. I'm looking for tracks on the beach. No. The, whatever tracks might have been there have been washed away <sighs> by the waves. I don't see anything at all, like, out in the water. Well, right. as you're looking out in the water, your eyes are drawn um, to a to a strange movement in the water, as if like mm. a fish jumped or something like that. And then you see old Mark, his head slowly rising up from below the waves. He is maybe 90 feet offshore. When you look closer to him, he's maybe uh, head and shoulders above the waves. His skin is sagging and gray. And you can feel like there's something writhing beneath the surface of him. Like as if there's worms burrowing through the fat of his body. His jaw drops open and pinkish water, about a liter of it, just falls out of his mouth into the waves below. And you hear this ragged, uh, bubbly voice come out of him. And it says... You are trespassing on Pulau Kematayan, the holy ancestral lands of the kingdom. Three were consumed for the insult, the previous tempest. Three more will be consumed unless tithe is made. One life for one day. Alive. There. And old Mark raises his arm out of the ocean, revealing just a skeletal hand. All the flesh has been stripped away, except for little bits of it clinging to the yellow bone. He points at the at the altar with the phrase, offer or be offered on it. Mm-hmm. Before the tempest, present the living offering. There or lose three. The water is of the kingdom and is inviolate. Invi- you may walk amongst the sun as sun demons, but enter the kingdom as fodder. And with that last word, old Mark just deflates, and you realize that it was just a suit that something was wearing as he just deflates and just floats as a, as a sheen on top of the ocean until a grayish tentacle rises up and grabs the flesh of his body and drags it below the surface. Am I the, did I am I the only one that heard that or no, is that everybody heard that? Everybody heard that. Heard that. Uh, okay. 
Cat Captain. She what? she stayed next to you and she nods. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to maybe pull some men away from this boat project and put up some defenses. Uh, s- yeah, some spike walls, whatever we can put together. Uh, let's pull the uh, let's pull the tents in closer and uh, see if we can't join everything together and put a tighter perimeter around. She she nods and she goes, uh, West, Picard, Pata, get over here. And she starts giving more orders uh, to, to start doing what she said. You know, bringing the tents closer. We need to build a perimeter. All right. Um, yeah. I'm going to get back to work on the boat then. And if you've got that handled, I'll, I'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and did we already police uh, up all our weapons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe we take account of, uh, of uh, air, bows, arrows, range weapons as many as we can and see if we can't find some oil too if we need to light this place up at night those are all good ideas Post. alright I'll, I'll start doing this keep working on the boat take as many men as you need but I'm gonna have to take a bunch just to yeah we lost three last night three last night twenty we're down twenty six twenty six well rations are gonna be a little better now yeah yeah. That's good. Yeah. Let's get to work. Or, sorry, Captain. I'll, I'm going to go get to work. You, you Captain, away. Thank you. Bozo. Yeah. Yeah. She sorry. starts giving orders. Sorry. You go back and you, you start working. Mm-hmm. Unless you uh, decide to do anything else. This is. That's pretty much what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm working a little faster. But I do. No. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Part of me wants to walk away, walk over and get that and check the the treasure and the sword and all the other stuff, but I think that's <laughs> you can send a runner. Yeah, um, I kind of actually think of that the last like, captain, captain, captain. Yeah, what's, what's there was weapons down there. Uh huh. Maybe we send a team over there to uh, grab anything. Like there's good weapons down there. Like. Really, I dibs on the the rapier, by the way. But there's some good weapons down there. Maybe we can use some of that to our advantage. Okay, maybe. Okay. Uh, Vaja, go send a message to uh, Mister Sydney. Bring out anything that's useful from the vault. I will get back to work now. Day passes a lot quicker. Yeah, <laughs> day passes, and like the previous day, the moment the sun is on the horizon, water starts falling. It is dense. It is difficult to hear, and any flames outside are instantly dis- extinguished. It is difficult to see through this thing, and visibility is broken down to maybe a couple of feet because of how much water is in the air. It's quiet, except for the sound of the rain hitting things like a solid hammer blow. Then it's the oil's not doing any good to keep no, the fire going. No, it's just it's just washing away. Ah, fuck. You have a rudimentary uh, barricade built around the camp. Mm -hmm. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, I am. I'm gonna. I want to keep watch tonight. All night? Not all night, but I'm gonna keep keep watch for a good portion of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Makeup of the crew. Is there a lot of people with dark vision or? Yeah, there's there's a bunch of elves. There's a bunch of like a dragonborn and. All right. 
don't, I don't remember if they have dark vision. Uh, I think everybody might. but humans. Yeah, it's like a little bit humans, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to... Uh, I mean, I'm going to have a hard time sleeping tonight, but I am going to try to just okay. stay up till the point of exhaustion, then go to sleep. But I'm now carrying a bow and arrow and uh, a rapier, and I am at the ready. Just jiggling dice now. <laughs> and uh, I still... I do take one of my arrows and I wrap it in a bit of sheet and I uh-huh. dip it in oil and I had just have a tinder stick at the ready just in case I can light it up and and send a flare out in any direction. Okay. Um, yeah. The the rain goes on and on and on. It doesn't seem to let up and by your internal clock it's probably midnight at this point and the rain is just constant and hey on the plus side now you feels like you have an unlimited amount of fresh water yeah, which, we're not, that's good not gonna have to worry about dehydration now and you're sitting um in like looking out roll a perception please uh 17 okay. as you're staring out at the ocean you hear a shout from a tent not too far from you. Who is it? Who's there? Who? No answer. Just just more. Ah, uh, 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 uh. All right, light a tinder stick. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes out instantly. Fuck! God damn it! I run towards the the sand. I drop the arrow and I pull the rapier and I run towards the sand. So you 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 run towards the sand and it's coming from inside of inside of a tent and you. Throw it back, yeah, throw you, it back. Yeah, in. you throw back the tent, and the moment you open up the flap of the tent, you can see the face of uh, of of uh, Karna, and she and she she's your eyes locked for a moment, and she reaches her hand out, and then she's just dragged Grabbed. high try speed to grab the hand. out of the, out of the uh, roll a uh, roll uh, acrobatics. All right, all right. Uh, twenty one. Okay, your hand grabs onto her, but you are just thrown off your feet. Now you're being dragged with her, and in front of her, you can see some sort of large shape, and you can see something wrapped around her leg, and she's screaming from I, the pain of it. And grow another. Uh, Try to pull myself now. close as yep. possible to her. Ah, uh, that is a seventeen. Okay. Ah. Uh. Uh, yeah, you're you're getting closer, and you manage to like grab like onto like a rocky outcropping mm-hmm. that you're being dragged and and, and help and help out here, help! And there's more shouts coming up from the, from the camp, and you can hear something else moving closer and closer to mm-hmm. you, and uh, it's getting louder and louder. You can hear uh, more screams coming from, them, and all of a sudden, uh, Karna just stops, and you look over because you're looking back at the camp. You look back at her, and you can see something gray. And, and pointy, like retracting from her mouth, and her hand goes slack in yours, and then she's just ripped off into the ocean. What the fuck? What the fuck? And then something else walks by, dragging um, a Loke Lockman Kent, a, a, an able seaman. I, I, I'm trying to find ocean. something I could I could swing my my rapier at. You swing at nothing. It's, it's, <sighs> it's all the rain going on here, and how dark it is, and there's no no stars, no moon, nothing to see by. Even with your dark vision, you're still only seeing a couple of feet. Someone get out here! And then a couple of seconds later, a Karunapada, another. A, 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 a woman that you fought side by side with many times on the elusive is also dragged off screaming into the ocean she 
briefly sees you and starts yelling, Storm, Storm! Try to reach and grab her. Her head sinks below the waves. And for a moment, we lost power here. And hopefully, we didn't lose our recording. Thank God. Jeff, what have you done? <laughs> what have you called? Okay. Whew. Uh, uh, I don't know. I can't she's, grab at anything. And she just sinks below the waves, and, and her voice is instantly cut off. And then it's. And then a couple of seconds later, the rain just stops. And the beach is quiet. Another Except tender for stick. The, the whales and your tender. You've you managed to light this one, and you can see that the, the, it's in a disarray. People yeah. were up for this. So you see people walking around confused. A few of them are are, 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 are holding on to wounds like pieces of flesh has been, have been ripped from their, from their bodies. The makeshift uh, barricades that you built were just pushed aside. Mm-hmm. It's, it's horrible. And three more people. And after talking to everyone, getting another head count, the number is now 23. God damn it. Captain, I think we need to move this party indoors. Indoors where? The, you, the bunker, the only indoors place we have here. We work on the boat during the day. At night, we go down there. I think we just have to reveal to the crew what's going on, what's down there. And, uh, At that moment, uh, Mr. Sidney starts running into the camp. And... Mm-hmm. and, and and he's out of breath when he gets there. And he, <sighs> what? What's? What is it? Flooded. What's flooded? The vault. They got Caratus. Who got? Something took him. Through the vault. Yeah. Oh come on! Come on! There was no way in there. How the hell did anything get in there? Well, I don't know, Bosun. Well, maybe if you were guarding the goddamn place, you could have saw what happened to him. No one told me to guard against those things. It's guarding against you and your ilk. Guarding against me. What the hell is wrong with you? You got a problem here. We can settle this right now. I've been asking for this. He turns to, to Tristan and he goes, Captain, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? Let's just give them one. What the hell is wrong with you? What's wrong with me, Bosun, is I'd like to survive. I'd like to get off this island. So you want to sacrifice the crew to do that? Is One that what you time. want to do? We'll make you it want fair. To stri- you want to kill your own goddamn crew? Captain, you're listening. That's, that's goddamn traitor talk right there. That's enough, Bosun. We'll discuss this in the morning. Mr. Sidney, you have watch. Bosun, you have a lot of work tomorrow morning. I, I think that it's time that you take a nap. Uh, Captain. I, st- I just stared down Sydney as I just walked back to my tent. Yeah, and he is pointedly ignoring you in a way that perfectly says he's ignoring you pointedly. He's ignoring you so hard that he's definitely oh, paying attention oh, to you. Oh, I know your point. Oh, no one ignores someone like that without paying attention to him. The next morning, another day of this. More work is being done. Mm-hmm. At the noon meal, Tristan um, calls a meeting. She gathers everyone in. She says, I've pulled off everyone from the vault. There's no reason to keep any guard there. Send Mr. Sidney there this morning. Apparently it's dry now, so... 
we can still get to it if need be. But it flooded at night? It floods at night. <laughs> of course it does. God damn it. Here is how things stand. For two nights, they've taken three of us. We can spend most of today building more barricades against those things. But I'm not sure that's going to work. I've had... I've had Kelios paint a bunch of coins. We're going to draw lots. Everyone draw lots except for Storm. He's the only one that can build our ship to escape. He's the only one not drawing. Myself, Mr. Sidney, and Mr. Sidney nods his head. Everyone will draw a coin. Whoever has the black coin is going to make the ultimate sacrifice for the rest of the crew. I know this is not an easy thing for any of us to deal with. But I am at a loss of seeing any way out of this. We are the crew of the elusive. We will make it through this and know that your sacrifice will not be in vain. Your families will be paid for this. We will draw lots an hour before sunset. And with that, she walks away. Did she mention who does the deed? No. Mm -hmm. Mm. All right, you heard the captain. Let's get back to work. I feel like it's raining right now. I do, I do. You have done this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to... So just for, just for sound design, just put the ocean. It's the ocean and rain the entire yeah. time. <laughs> um, did they bring back anything from the uh, the treasure? Any any weapons they found or anything? Yeah, they they, they brought back a lot of it, and and uh, mm-hmm. they've also been uh, just kind of like surreptitiously looking. You notice that there is kind of a steady stream of, you know, uh, a, a chest of a sea chest is mm-hmm. emptied out, and then it reappears like uh, later in the day. Hmm. And it's much heavier. Where it was only took one person to carry. Now it takes two or three or more. Mm. Um, Cart before the horse, guys. People don't pay attention to it. Yeah, I'm used to that. All right. So Uh. now comes the nightly meal. You take your break. And then Tristan pulls out the bag. She gives it a couple of jingles. And she goes... One second, Captain. I'm going to walk up to her. Can you open that for me? She opens it. I drop a coin in. I'm a part of this crew, too. I'm going to be a part of this. If you pull the black coin... No. No one survives. Well, I don't know if I want to survive what we're about to do. (sighs) It's your life, Storm. It is. So she and I'm gonna have to live with this for the rest of my she life. She gives it a couple of shakes, and she starts handing it out. And she says, "No one look at your coin. Keep it in your hand." And now, with oh, the, and I do stare at at Sydney as I do that, mm-hmm. and I was staring at him the whole time, very cold. 
and he he is he he makes a point of like rolling his eyes at you and looking away. He <laughs> yeah. is so far above you. Yeah. Like you don't even know. Yeah, I got respect now, bitch. He's so far above. He's so far above you. Yeah, you, 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 but whatever. the crew, the crew had can I, roll, roll the crew for admiration, look of admiration. Yeah, my, oh, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, couple yeah, more yeah. people that were your you were neutral towards you are now slightly more positive towards you. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> so with the coins tightly held in the fists, the captain counts down from three, three, two, one open and everyone's hand opens sighs of relief are heard from those holding the from holding the plain copper pieces when you look at your own hand it is a copper piece plain and unadorned dylan garrido on the other hand starts to laugh hysterically at the black coin in his hand the people around him take a step back and eye him as he's now in this empty sea of people. Captain Tristan then stands up and says, Sposen, assign a tithing detail. Take some riggings and bind Mr. Garrido to the altar. Sure. I'll be in my tent. I pull out my dagger. And I hand it to Sydney. And I say, good plan. Time for you to follow through, huh? Good job. And I walk Thank away. Bosun. What's that? You, Mr. Trent, Mr. Varley, please tie up the prisoner. Ah. <laughs> uh, I go over to tie him up. So you walk over and Dylan's like, Hey, hey, Bosun. Yeah. I mean, look. I know. Right. I know. I've never been really, really been it's your friend be here. Right. But, but it, it, and and sure, Mister Mister Sydney's always been really much nicer to me than you have. But, but I come on, buddy. Tying him up. And it's oh, you don't. You, guys, oh, you don't have to do that. It's okay. I'm gonna, it's it's I'm okay. Gonna lead you him let outside. me go. It's okay. You can just let me go. I'll lead him outside. It's and uh, no, me, who's with Bo, me? Uh, it's uh, Trent and Barley. Trent Barley. Um, tell you what. Go, uh, I don't know if this is going to hold. This is some shitty rope I just grabbed. Can you go pick me up some other from that pile we picked up the other day? Go give me some better rope. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Trent, Trent goes, sure. I'll, Trent's guess, sure. And Barley says, I'm, I'm, I'll stay with you to make sure yeah, nothing, right. nothing. It's, it's okay, right. Boson. It's okay. You know what? Just, just go help him out, man. It's dark out there. I don't want anything grabbing him. Varley puts his, puts his hand on your shoulder and looks pointedly in your eyes, and he goes, "It's okay, Bosun. Why don't you go look for better rigging?" Is this what you want to do? Is this something you can live with for the rest of your life? Does it mean I get to live for the rest of my life? Then yes. A hundred percent, yes. I have a wife. I have eight children. I want to get home to them. And when you go to bed at night, this is the face you're going to see every night. As long as I get to see something. Every night. I have a family to go home to, Bosun. Why don't you go with Trent? It's okay. 
I know you're... I've got this, sir. Go. Just just go. Go. I'm going to walk back to... I'm walking back to camp. All right. He hauls Dylan with him and is constantly pleading to be let go, but Mm -hmm. Varley just ignores him. Eventually, he gets him onto the dais Mm -hmm. and loops uh, some uh, some more rigging around him and then holds his sword to his neck and goes and you can hear him shout something at him and eventually Dylan just calms down and then Varley puts the sword away and he puts his hand on Dylan's shoulder and starts whispering something to him. Eventually, like the previous night, the sun starts to set. A rainstorm comes pounding down on the small island. The cries and pleads of Dylan Garrido are mercifully muffled by the wind and the water. Standing back from the dais, from the altar, you can see long gray shapes waddle out of the water. There may be a head taller than an average man, with slick gray mottled skin, short stubby legs, and gills protruding from their shoulders and and their necks and they're emaciated almost to the point of being skeletal. Their tentacular arms wrap themselves around the now screaming Dylan and draw him inexorably into the water. One of them remains on the beach until Dylan's head sinks below the waves. You can feel it looking directly at you. It nods to you before turning around and disappearing into the ocean and then the rain stops the stars are out the moon is up and it's a humid but nice night and the island is quiet